This is a Payone Media production. The following podcast on the Your Own Pay Podcast Network will contain adult content. Listener discretion is advised. More information about this episode can be found at yourownpay.com. Jane said, hi, I can't find the mute button using Club Deck on the Mac. Jane, I believe it's Command-M. No, 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 it's not Command-M. Oh. Don't press that. Oh, it's going to okay. minimize your window. Control-M on the Mac will mute or unmute you. Uh, and Jane is also, they're also kind of down at the bottom of the screen. It's where those controls are. So the unintended consequence here is that because I'm streaming into Club Deck, I hear me and you coming out of the club deck application. Uh, so it's a little weird. You could fix that though. I probably could. But I won't worry about it right now. Alrighty. I'll just pull the slider down. Cause if, if we let somebody up and start talking, then I can just push the slider up and hear them and bear it for a few seconds. Wait, how did you hear Jane? Are you hearing Jane or is she no. type? Something? No, no, uh-huh. no. Uh, there's a thing called back channel. Ah, yeah. Tell me about this back channel. Uh, hold on. Give me all the secrets of Clubhouse, Mike. I know nothing. I don't have secrets to Clubhouse. No surprise. I got the stream to work. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's jump into the show, and then we'll talk about Clubhouse. We're already in the show, man. What are you doing? We we've been doing the show. What, what are you, where have you been? <laughs> this is the show. Hey, Jeff. I heard you was in here. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if I flipped over the club deck, I could see that you were here, but you know, I don't want to break anything. So. <laughs> it's working. Why break it? So what are we doing? Do you want what to just jump in doing? with that? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but it's time. Damasi and Michael just talking tech. Man, I actually want to explain how this works, but I will tell people what we're doing. So Michael has been streaming our show into uh, club deck. Uh, for the past few episodes, I don't remember when we started this. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, uh, it's it's been at least four, three or four. Yeah. So I decided today, partially because the new Audio Hijack 4 was out, which we're going to talk about, and there were some new blocks that I wanted to play with, or at least blocks that were brought to my attention that I wanted to play with. I don't know if they're new or not. And also because I need to get in practice at doing some of these things. So what I am actually doing at the moment is using a combination of loopback and audio hijack in order for everyone in clubhouse to hear me and michael so i'm actually piping both me and michael's audio in now i cheated a little bit uh because the the device that is going so loopback i created a loopback virtual device and i called it club deck and it just has a pass-through device on it uh, I didn't add anything else to that device. It's just a pass through and audio hijack. What I did is I extended the session that I normally run and I've been running this session for years at this point, probably uh, as a backup recording. So one, it, it records my track uh, locally. So we have a local backup. And I also started recording Michael's audio that I hear into audio hijack into a separate file. So if things really go upside down, we at least have two tracks of our audio that should be clean enough to get a show out to you. So I extended this session today by adding a few more blocks uh, to give us some functionality. So what I added is a mixer block. uh, And I'll explain what that is in a second. Added a mixer block. I added an application block. 
and I added a uh, output block. Those are the three things I added, basically. All these went on the end of the chain. So if I follow my chain and audio hijack from left to right, and we'll start at the top row with mine, I have my microphone being captured by audio hijack that is going directly into a recorder block that is configured to record um, in FLAC because FLAC is awesome. Right, Mike? You don't need these huge-ass wave files when you have FLAC. Exactly. Clean feed. Um... <laughs> so my mic is going directly into that recorder block now because of the way audio hijack works i can also flow the audio that's going into the recorder block out elsewhere so uh on the end of my so top level is me uh block one is my microphone block two is the, my recorder block two rows below that is michael so michael's audio that i'm pulling out of uh chrome and a recorder block for michael so those two are kind of stacked on top of each other. That's the typical session that I've been using for years to whatever system we were using to actually record the show always captures Michael audio, Michael's audio that way. And when he says years, he means years. <laughs> years. Uh, so what I added today was I added a mixer block to the end of that chain. And it's kind of sitting in between me and Michael's recorder blocks so that uh, we both flow into the mixer block. The mixer block in Audio Hijack allows you to mix up to five different inputs and just have those, have that audio passed out into one device. So it made it super clean. And it gives you some individual control. So like I can go in and nudge my volume uh, around or nudge Michael's volume down. Mike already adjusted his volume before I got there. Uh, but I could have nudged Michael's volume down so that he was lower to you guys coming into Clubhouse uh, with that mixer block without affecting my audio channel. Uh, so it shows you independent, you know, some independent controls for each channel of audio. And as you add things that are piping into the mixer block, it adds the additional channel for that up to five. You can also do things like solo or, or input and things like that. So our recorders basically so if we thought about this as physical devices i plugged my microphone into my own personal recorder and mike's microphone is plugged into his own personal recorder then i connected both recorders to a mixer so that i could mix their audio together and then on the end of that chain after the mixer block is an output block and audio hijack and i set the output device to be that club deck device that is passing audio directly through it into club deck uh, so i selected the club deck device as the input for uh the club deck application on the mac so that's how you guys are hearing us right now now did you explain to people because i may have missed it where nope. our audio is originating like where you're getting my audio from so i'm pulling your audio out of chrome because uh, we're using clean feed so i'm connected to michael and chrome so i just add chrome as the as the audio source uh, for your mic and then just grab that audio and pipe it into the recorder. Mine's coming directly off the board off of channel one. Um, now I mentioned that I added two other blocks that I didn't explain yet because so, <laughs> I added those last. So I'm going to tell you exactly how I put this together. Exactly what I just explained to you is what I did earlier. So that's how you guys are hearing. As soon as I hit command R, it starts recording and uh, piping audio into this device. And the device is a loopback device, right? Yep. 
Yep, the Club Deck device that, that I'm sending audio, the, the final mix of audio into is the Club Deck uh, virtual device I created in Loopback. And that's just a pass-through. So I select it as the input for Club Deck. And then whatever audio I push into it from wherever will come into Club Deck. So theoretically, if I were to, say, go into Chrome and set the default output device of Chrome to be Club Deck, then everybody would hear you. They right. would probably no longer hear me at that point. I don't know. Uh, but I did add two other blocks once I got that uh, this part of it set up earlier today. I said, well, I'm going to get a little tricky. Michael's always playing music for people in Club Deck, uh, in Clubhouse when he streams. So I'm going to play some music. So I added two more blocks. Uh, one I put on the, both of these went on the end of the chain. So keep in mind that the the recorders for me right here are are primary. So they're at the beginning of the chain uh, always because Honestly, like I love you guys. I'm glad that you're here listening to us. But if you can't hear us in Clubhouse, that's not as critical as me having backup recordings. <laughs> uh, so on the end of this chain, above the mixer block, I nudge the mixer block down just a little bit, just just half increments. Tip for you in uh, Audio Hijack. Command up, down, left, right arrow moves you by whole grid. Uh, option up, down, and left, and right arrow will move you by fractions of a grid. So um, that's a little detail to explain. Just try it out and you'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, and if you got questions, you know, tweet at Michael and then he'll tell me about it. Because Demasi yeah. won't see it. You and can tweet I'll, at the show and he might see it, but he didn't even tweet out the clubhouse from the sh- show's Twitter account. Because I'm like, I'll, I'll just do it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I, f- I forgot. I-, I was happy I was able to get Club Deck operating, dude. <laughs> it's like, oh, look, I created an event instead of appropriate time. All right, good. I have. And then my club goes through that up and move it to the club, and then you weren't able to start it. Yeah, well, you know, life happens. Uh-huh. So I added an application block that technically is sitting right above the mixer block, but application blocks and, and application blocks and audio hijack are how you capture audio from a specific you know, application. That's actually what I'm using to capture Mike's audio is I dropped in an application block and then just select the Chrome as the app. I added a second application block after my recorder because application blocks cannot have input anyway. And also I know that my wires are connected to the mixer from my uh, situation. I selected the music app for this application block and then in between so if you visualize the application block is kind of sitting right on top of the mixer block because the mixer block has to sit in between me and Michael. So we get both of those channels connected mm-hmm. uh, to the right of that. So in between the mixer and application stack um, and the virtual device output, I put in a switch block. And what the switch block will let you do, it takes two inputs and it will let you switch from A or B. If the switch is off, that means A is on. So in this case, the the, uh, application block is on. So that's how you guys were able to hear the wonderful music I was playing from Apple Music earlier. As soon as I flip the switch to actually being on, then you start to hear what's coming through the mixer block. Gotcha. Gotcha. Is that switch block new or has that been around for a while? That has been there. I think the mixer block is new. I'm actually going to go look up before we get to the end of the show and, and check because they did highlight what the new blocks were. But I believe the switch block was already there. That has been there because they added it sometime around when they added the uh, broadcast block and the live stream blocks uh, because their intended use case or their, their thoughtful intended use case, or I guess what people act, the reason people act for it. 
uh, is to do exactly what, what what I was doing and what you've been doing, which is like play music for people before we actually go live with the show. Um, and then when we go live, we just hit the switch. Just, just hit the switch, are. and then we're there. Yeah, I don't have to do a whole lot of extra work to make that <laughs> make that happen. And meanwhile, the nice thing is that me and Michael were able to talk to each other in clean feed without yep. that audio, you know, being passed to you guys. It wasn't anything spectacular. It was just trying to make sure we got stuff working. <laughs> really, is all it was this time, anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah Sometimes the stuff you guys really shouldn't hear because you know but not today today but if you go to your own pay.com slash support maybe you can get into some of them private conversations (laughs) (laughs) yeah then we'll just invite you directly into clean feed right hang out yeah and not talk and then we'll grab your audio and throw it in the garbage and then just edit our audio together you know, you can just turn off recording for a person. I always forget that. Rec- like, so do I. Yeah. Until I was yeah. doing it one day with somebody to record something, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I can turn off my track because I don't need to be recorded. I'm not talking." Uh, so yeah, that's how that works. Uh, there's probably some tweaking I could do to this to make it, you know, a little bit more organized. But essentially, I was like, "Well, I'm just going to tack on to what's already there instead of building something from scratch because it was quicker and it worked." And now, if we wanted to, we could use you. First of all, the advantage to you setting it up this way is you could share that with me right now, and then yep. uh, I could import that into Audio Hijack. And if I wanted to add live streaming blocks to the end of it too, then we could be live streaming to other services as well. So, Audio Hijack solves all of your audio issues. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to Rogue but They did an excellent job with Audio Hijack 4. Still maintained its accessibility. The only thing I have not tried to see how it works is the manual connections. Uh, so they have a mode now in Audio Hijack 4 where you can do manual connections because typically uh, yeah. when you drop a block in, it you know connects to the thing that's right in front of it or whatever. Oh, new thing I noticed too in Audio Hijack 4 for people that are long time or have ever used Audio Hijack 3 especially used to be you would go over to your sources and you would copy a block by pressing VO space, which is a little weird. And you go back to the grid and you hit command V and paste it throughout the entire time that I used audio hijack three. Whenever I pasted a block, if I already had a block in the grid, it would put the block I was pasting in front of the block that I had highlighted in order to paste. Seems to me right now an audio hijack four, and I'm fine if it stays this way. Like it's not a complaint, just an observation and and, and a be aware. Because I I started setting this up, thinking it was going to put blocks to the left, so I was you know operating on that premise. It actually seems to put them out to the right, so they they add to the chain. It's, you know they add to the end of the chain instead of putting them at the beginning of the chain. So I used to always tell people with Audio Hijack 3, when you build a session, if you sit down and think about what you want to do and build it out, you need to build it backwards. I know it doesn't make sense, but you need to build it backwards. Right. Looks like that's no longer the uh, advice at the moment, because right now as I paste blocks in, they are going in to the right. So you start where you want your chain to start and end with the way you want your chain to end. So you can now build it out in a logical manner. Uh, outside of that change, I have not noticed any. I mean, there's, there's, you know, UI changes. The blocks area is now in a, hold on, let me see where this is going. Uh, there's a sidebar now, and it has a couple of different tabs when you're in a session. So right now I have our session open. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the blocks tab recordings tab so you can see all the recordings that have been made from that session 
uh, the schedule tab. So instead of having, you know, the, the what is it, the sessions, recordings, and schedule stuff on the main screen uh, of the app, they're now showing up in the sidebar. The sidebar is also visible when you're looking at the list of sessions. So it's pretty cool. Uh, they have a scripting tab and info. Info tab is where you can go change the name of your session. Uh, I was hunting around to figure out how to change the name of this session early and I was like I don't see how to do it anymore uh, use the info tab but blocks are still working the same way that they, they normally did uh, and I think anybody upgrading to Audio Hijack 4 from version 3 is going to be you know reasonably okay getting around there's, there's no gra- dramatic like oh my god where did they put this so it wasn't going it wasn't like going from Audio Hijack Pro to Audio Hijack no because no. that was a big UI change was it not huge ui change huge ui change although it was much for the better uh, i found audio hijack 3 to be significantly better uh at being able to move around with voiceover than i did audio hijack pro uh that that could get a little rough at times <laughs> so you, uh, your your new to- software toy is audio hijack huh man it's always been my look man it's one of my favorite apps <laughs> I tweeted, I think probably not the last tweet I tweeted, but maybe somewhere in the last three to five tweets that I posted on Twitter from my account was a clip from uh, Marco Armit, the developer of Overcast uh, on from ATP. And he said, you know, if Audio Hijack could no longer work on the Mac, I might just leave the Mac or something along those lines. And I snipped just that bit out with the, with the little share feature and overcast and posted that to twitter because i was and with a thumbs up or something like that because i'm like yep if they (laughs) if apple continues to do things and they fix it in such a way with a new release that says oh well now audio and rogue amoeba puts a post out that says uh yeah so guys as of mac os you know 13 14 15 whatever uh we can't do it anymore it's all over i'm probably gone it's one their software is one of the things that keeps bringing me back over to the Mac. Uh, now that I'm learning loopback more with your patience and my substantial frustrations, uh, I can <laughs> I deleted an audio device before the show got started, and all of a sudden audio came through the MacBook speakers, and I told the mossy, <laughs> it's like uh, when I when I deleted an audio device earlier today, it went to my AirPod. So with loopback, when you delete audio devices, you never know where things are going to go. But that's one of the things that keeps bringing me back to the Mac is the flexible flexibility of audio routing and right now you do have to jump through some loopholes in order to get loopback and audio hijack to work but it's well worth it once you do get through those loopholes yep yep you at least only have to do it the once when you install the first piece of software because they they all use the same essence of their uh uh what is it their audio Audio capture capture. yeah yeah so once you get it going with the first piece of software is is fine after that yeah it is it is you know somewhat asinine we have to jump through those hoops considering how long these folks these good people at rogue amoeba have de- been developing software for the mac i would think if you're gonna make an exception for anybody it might be those guys so if you are interested in learning more about loopback like i pointed jane to head on over to your own pay.com forward slash dm89 to give loopback to mac a listen great episode great episode Oh, Audio Hijack has scripting support. I have not poked at it at all, but it is there. I don't understand what you would do with Audio Hijack scripts. 
Audio Hijack does have some built-in scripts that they kind of provide, and then they have a whole JavaScript API that they have um, exposed, and they're going to continue working on and adding to that. There's also some limited, at the moment, shortcut support. I guess you could put it that way. I didn't know that they had pre-built some scripts already. Yeah, they have. So one script that I have that I have already incorporated in a couple of my sessions is a throwaway small files, uh, small uh-huh. recordings, short recordings is what it's called, throwaway short recordings. And it's because oftentimes I use Audio Hijack to test, hey, can I hear this? Or did this thing I just set mm-hmm. up with loopback work or whatever? So I would use Audio Hijack to test that. And then I have to go clean up those recordings. And of course, I don't do it as soon as I get finished. So I open up my Audio Hijack folder and I'm looking, I'm like, what are all these app recording, blah, 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 app recording, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. This oh, man, I could delete all this crap. Yep. Uh, so that nice. one is one that I have deployed uh, for sure. But over on SixColors.com, Jason Snell wrote an article where he kind of talked about Audio Hijack 4 and his favorite feature being descriptability and the shortcut support. Uh, I will say now that right now what I can remember, Shortcuts has a run script action on a couple other small actions. They're probably going to continue adding to those. I, I think their plan with shortcuts actions for audio hijackers to really kind of see what kind of feedback they get from us and what we're looking for and then start incorporating those things they get, you know, based off the feedback of what people wanted to do. But Jason uh, wrote his article and he said he has a script that he put together that looks at a specific session. So the way that I would use the script that he wrote, I just need to spend some time with it. And I'm also not a JavaScript expert and I really kind of don't like it either. Uh, too many curly braces. <laughs> um, but his script looks at the live stream session that he has for one of his podcasts. And he basically kind of has a similar setup. Now, I didn't had not read this article when I set up our session for today. I read it after the fact because I was just poking around trying to figure out, hey, how can I automate this? Uh, but his session is very much like the one I'm using right now where he has a recorder block where he's recording the source audio. Uh, they play music into the live stream. That's why I think the switch block was already existing before now. Now they are streaming to a, um, Discord you know, assuming server. like a shoutcast server or something ah. like that. Yeah. There's something, something like that. I'm not exactly sure what, but you know, using the, the live stream, the stream block or whatever. Uh, but he plays music and then he also, when they get ready to go live and actually start talking for people to hear them, uh, he turns on the recordings because the recording block is not active until he is actively recording the show and he flips the switch to stop playing the music and let you hear the microphone. So what his script does now is it checks the state of the recorder block in the uh, switch block, which position the switch block is in. And if the recorders are off and the switch is off, it will flip everything over. So it will stop playing the music and flip, flip to live stream mode and also start the recording block. All right. If those are the states, then it turns everything off and it's like, okay, end the session, basically. If the session is not running, it starts the session and puts it in live, you know, streaming music mode or play music mode, right? So it, it goes through, toggles through all those states based off where, what state it happens to be in when it looks. So what that would have allowed me to do is say, run a bunch that says start DM 
recording and, mm-hmm. and you know if i had that bunch actually set up and working the way that i really would like it to it would open up clean feed and i will be in clean feed it will open up the session or start the session audio hijack and open up club deck and start streaming audio i will have to go manipulate club deck probably but not a big deal uh and I could just hit a keyboard shortcut and say, okay, start live streaming and it would turn off the music and turn on the recorders. And I wouldn't have to remember to do all of the things that I had to do before we actually started recording because I had to go like, oh, let me go turn on all the recorder blocks uh, and turn Mike's audio back on and Mm -hmm. all those things. So that's one thing. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do with it, though. Like You can check the state and activate, deactivate a session. One of the reasons is also going to be very handy with audio hijack scripts, because one of the new features is I can do this. So in audio hijack four, you can actually close a session window, which is something that you weren't able to do in three that would effectively quit the session. Uh, So now I have our session window closed. And I can toggle its state from the list right here from the from the list. So I can, you know, I could stop it. That would probably be bad, though. Huh. Uh, people might not hear us anymore. So the yeah, scripting that. is going to be useful, uh, especially incorporating it into like shortcuts or, uh, you know, incorporating with shortcuts or things like bunch or keyboard maestro, where it's like, I want to start this session when I start doing this thing and make sure all these things happen. Gotcha. Because you can check and adjust the state of most of the blocks in audio hijack it makes it very interesting uh, so yeah anybody interested in writing some scripts or sharing their own scripts that they've already created uh get in touch yeah reach out we to would us love somehow. to talk about them and uh share them with people if you can give us permission to do so so speaking of hijacking things <laughs> Mike, why don't you tell me what happened when somebody hijacked your credit card, man? What showed up at your house all unexpectedly? So I got a notification from our banking app that said that a certain amount of money was charged at Walmart. So I texted Mallory and I said, hey, Mallory, did you get something at Walmart? She goes, no. I said, ah, so Walmart must have automatically just charged our card just because. Well, she got home that evening and uh, had a very heavy box that I had to help her take out of the back of the Jeep. And uh, once we got it out, we unpacked a Blackstone 36-inch griddle. And for those who don't know, the best way to describe it is it's a rectangle uh, giant frying pan uh, that you use outside with propane to heat it up. Very (laughs) tactile knobs. The button, I I don't think there's anything that's touch on it at all. So uh, I have not used it independently to cook yet eventually probably, but the food she's cooked has been pretty amazing. We had some pretty good steak with Brussels sprouts. And then I made baked potatoes in the air fryer tonight. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. What what intrigues me by it is the nonstick functionality, obviously, you know, having it so it so it so food doesn't stick to it. And the flavor. Um, you season the griddle, that's the first thing you do in order to start cooking with it. And then your griddle will slowly gain more seasoning as you cook more on it, which that seasoning then comes through on the food. And, of course, it's propane, so that's always fun. Uh, There is a push-button igniter, so you don't have to worry about lighting it or anything. 
And the single AA battery is not included, by the way. Which, for that price, it should be. (laughs) (laughs) And, of course, we couldn't find any AA batteries when we needed it. Of course. I guarantee we'll find some next week. Uh, Amazon Basics AA batteries. Yeah. yeah. Add them to your subscribing site. (sighs) Yeah, because I need more. And then Amazon charged us today, and I'm like, what would you buy this time? And she actually didn't buy anything. It was Amazon Prime that came out. But that, (laughs) Demasi was on with me. I'm like, what did you buy this time? She goes, I I seriously didn't buy anything. And then she went and looked, and it was Amazon Prime. I knew it was going to come out this month. I just didn't remember when. Yeah, I think Amazon accounts on us not remembering when the Prime subscription comes out because, um, yeah, it always catches me off guard, too. It's like, wait, what? Oh, oh, yeah. And yeah, and they that. slowly bump up the price a little, so, yeah. Yeah, every year goes up, goes up. But I did hey. have some Amazon credit, and I got something from Amazon. Yeah, well, hold on. I want, I want to talk a little bit more about this this griddle All right. uh, that you got. So, first, I want you to back up for the... Um, all right, yeah, I'm just going to say it. So back up for the millennials and explain what seasoning a griddle means. <sighs> okay, so I'll give my best explanation. So what we had to do is we used regular oil. Damasi's little laugh there, it's going to get cut out in the editing, so I don't have to go back and, and I'm just going to keep talking anyways. Uh, so we had to uh, add some oil olive oil to the griddle and turn it up high uh, so that way the olive oil uh, heats up and apparently it turns a different color when when it's super hot and then you let it cool down Uh, you wipe down to get any excess oil off of it and then you do it again a couple of places i read online said to do it five or six times i think we did it two or three times so we probably could have gone further with that then you add what we did is we chopped up onions actually and we threw that on the griddle and we put some seasoning on it as well uh, like just general seasoning and then did again the heat up of the oil with the onions on it and then we let that cool down pulled the onions off and that added some some flavor it's not going to taste just like onion but it adds some chemicals in the onions that gets everything to stick together and then uh, you do one more layer of the oil and then you let it cool down and then you can start cooking on it. Now, what I did read on Google the other day, because you know Google doesn't lie, is not to do bacon the first time you do it. Because bacon will generate a lot of grease, but the grease in bacon is uh, very salty and it has some uh, chemicals that can flake off on the griddle itself so we didn't do gre- we didn't do bacon as the first thing we cooked what did we cook yet oh we had <laughs> pineapple we'll talk about that in a moment uh, so we didn't do bacon the first thing but this morning we we threw on uh, a package of bacon eggs and hash browns Mallory did and got it all cooked in about 10-15 minutes all at once whereas if we were to do it in the house then we would have to swap out pans and move things around and it would not be done in a half hour 15 or it would not be done in about 15-20 minutes and Michael would have all those dishes to do So yesterday, what we ended up doing is a recipe Mallory found probably on TikTok, and it is where you cook rice. I cooked it in the Instapot, and then you get chicken, and you flavor the chicken with sweet and sour sauce, and you hollow out jalapeno. 
Uh, shit, I did it too. You want to see? I was doing it yesterday when I was telling you. <laughs> you hollow out pineapples. You take the inside of the pineapple and you uh, mix it in with the rice and you throw that on the griddle and then you th- cook the chicken on the griddle as well. We cut up some peppers and put that in the rice. And then when we got done, we would take each half of the pineapple each of us took a half of the pineapple stuff it with the rice put some chicken on top and eat your chicken and rice out of the pineapple it was delicious sounds interesting yeah yeah you'll have to try it one of these days maybe you should go buy one <laughs> yeah i should definitely do that yeah yeah definitely do. does sound interesting though you mentioned that uh you told me earlier today too that uh mallory cooked breakfast on it this morning so uh yeah very wide range, wide range of use cases uh, for that. I have a friend who cooked a he cooked a pie on it, and I'm interested to see how he did that. But he, him, and I are going to talk next week. Uh, he also was cooking uh, uh, shish kebabs or skewers, what some people call them. Uh, and, and that makes a lot of sense because he was able to put down like 20, 30 of them at once on the Traeger that we have. We definitely could not put 20 of them down uh, to, to cook them all at once. So some of them would have been cooler than others. And that's another thing is if you're cooking for a lot of people, uh, you have all of that room so you can serve food to eat everyone at the same temperature or warm, etc. Yeah, that that is one of the things that interests me about it uh, is because I, and I was talking to a friend of mine today about this. I was like, oftentimes I am doing some barbecue and I have quick things, you know, hot dogs, chicken breasts, burgers that, you know, need to be cooked fairly, you know, quickly, but then also have a brisket or, you know, a very thick steak that needs to slow cook. Uh, brisket is going to take several hours. So what I'm intrigued to do is cook the, well, smoke the ribs that we get for a couple hours, then uh, wrap them in tin foil and put some pineapple juice or apple juice in the tin foil with the ribs, smoke those for a couple more hours on the Traeger, then pull the tin foil, pull them out of the tin foil and throw them on the Blackstone so you can sear them on the outside and get that crispy bark on the outside. Uh, yeah. I want to throw a quick message over to Chris Ashley and see if he has any recommendations for using it. Yeah, those are, uh, and that that's another thing I was thinking about too. Is like you know I could use this to do burgers and things like that while I got to you know keep the lid closed, smoking a um, you know a brisket or some ribs or, or mm-hmm. you know super thick steaks, but also that too. Like I can cook my meat, uh, smoke it, and then when it comes off, just drop it on the uh, on a on a griddle and you know get that nice seared bark. Because right now with a lot of stuff, like I cooked a steak yesterday. And what I tend to do with steaks now is like I kind of do the reverse sear. Where yeah. I sear the outside of them first and then move them off the heat and let them finish kind of smoking. Right. And getting done. Uh, and they still come out decent. Like they still come out great. But it would be awesome if, number one, because one, I could cook more stuff. And like you said, when you're cooking for a lot of people or you're cooking a very wide variety of things, being able to split off duties so that things like burgers and skewers and um or kebabs and 
uh, you know, grilled vegetables and all that mm-hmm. stuff can go on the griddle, you know, outside. And then, you know, you, you keep your, your, your ribs or your brisket or your, your steaks or your whole chickens, you know, just in the smoker. And you don't keep opening your lid or doing what I do oftentimes where it's like, oh, well, cook the burgers first, then come put the, the long, slow cook thing out here. Then you have cold and, burgers. Yeah. By the time all that's done, like then, you know, the rest of the food is gold. Uh, and the other advantage to this is you have four different zones on the 36-inch one. I think it's the same on all of them, but on the 36-inch one. So you can adjust the temperatures for each section of it. So if you have something that needs to cook hotter and faster, you can put that on the right side, for example, and then have your other stuff cooking on the other side. So it's not just one temperature all across. Each of the knobs will let you independently you adjust the, the zones. That he is, is still cool. listening. Oh. <laughs> you shouldn't have told me that, man. I'm going to have to get one. So, interesting thing. Uh, Lincoln got a, uh, he got a, he got a toy version of this exact thing for Christmas, though. Ah. Uh, because when you described it to me, he was like, yeah, and it has a push button, you know, starter for the propane. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, that is what Lincoln has. It's like a, a version of a Blackstone toy uh, because it has little knobs on the side. Like kind of sticking off to the side of it, sort of like right. you know, they remind me of like stove knobs. Uh, and there's a button that you will push. I was like, "Oh, Lincoln, your grill would be propane. You wouldn't need no charcoal, even though you know he, he throws charcoal in it because that's what he sees me doing." But, <laughs> uh, yeah, and it, it has a lid that comes completely off because it's not mm-hmm. meant to be open closed. Yep. It's just an open top griddle. And I was like, "Oh, I think he's got one of these things." So when you described how the kind of how the knobs and stuff were, I'm like, "Yep, I was right. He has a outdoor griddle, is what yep. he got." For yep. Christmas. But so the lid comes completely off of this, and it hangs on the back. There's little hooks that you can use to hang it off of the back of it. And then when you're done, you want to put the lid back on because the thing with the uh, outdoor griddles is. And this is interesting. Don't get it wet. You don't want you don't want rain to get on it, or it's gonna rust. So there is a lid that you put on top of it and uh, use that. And then they do have some more protective lids that'll provide more protection to it. And since we live in Oregon, we need to look into one of those for sure. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's the new acquisition that we have and i'm intrigued to play with it a bit uh and see where things go see what we can make and maybe yeah, one I'm, of these days if someone goes to your own pay.com slash support i will buy some binaural headphones and we'll drop in some demos into the show man it does not looks like look like those hook audios are actually able to be purchased at the moment ah i was looking uh, their, their website is still up and they're still advertising them, but uh, I couldn't figure out how to, either that or their site is broken. Oh, shit. I problems. forgot to mention this. If anyone is interested, you can head on over to your own pay.com slash DM92 and we will definitely put a link to the Blackstone and to Audio Hijack over there. And all of the things, all of the yes, things, all of the things over there. All of the things. So, speaking of toys from Lincoln, hopefully his mother, if she's still in the clubhouse is not letting the kids hang out and listen to this uh because i recently bought a very cool robot that we're gonna build me and lincoln are gonna build this summer uh he asked wait s- I, I, I right then i was waiting for the kids to come pound on the door <laughs> <laughs> uh so I don't remember exactly when we had this conversation. It was sometime this year, and he said he wanted to build a robot. And I said, okay, when you get out 
of school when school's out for the summer, we will build a robot. Now, at the time, I had no idea what I was going to go do, but I knew I had to find some robot that me and my son could put together because he was going to build a robot. And I told him that's what we would do. Uh, and as a parent, you do your damnedest not to break those kind of promises. Mm-hmm. So I was going to find a robot, uh, you know, <laughs> going to find a robot. If I had to, you know, wire up a raspberry Pi to something, I was going to find a freaking robot. Uh, and I had a couple ideas on where to get started at, honestly. Uh, I'm always interested to hear. If you tweeted me, I will endeavor to check my Twitter. Uh better I'll, I'll be better about this also you should just also mention mike just in case because uh, mike <laughs> does bring things to my attention really fairly yes. quickly uh i tend to faff around with turning off i mean one day i think i operated the entire day in just work mode so i got no notifications about anything because michael called me and michael gets through <laughs> apparently a <laughs> lot of my uh <laughs> a lot of my uh michael gets through a lot of my focus modes focus modes uh as does tia so like it seemed to me everything was working just fine i, I forgot <laughs> uh but the robot that I found, uh, and I was actually talking to a friend of mine when I found this robot, because uh, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm interested in doing something like that, too. So what I bought on Amazon, and there will be a link in the show notes at yourownpay.com slash DM92. Still don't know how that redirect works, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> Regex, man, Regex or something. Something like that. I don't know. The Learning Resources Botly, the coding robot uh, is what it is called. So I looked at this robot and what instantly grabbed my attention was, and, and this is where a uh, friend of ours, her, her, her constant nagging isn't the right word. Her constant advising or, or pointing out the fact that like words matter, how you, how you deliver the hook for a product is makes all the difference they instantly hooked me because they said all you need to build this is a screwdriver and some batteries hmm. and i was like oh well tell me more right he <laughs> knows where his batteries are uh, i actually just ordered some more off amazon that's what i was telling <laughs> you about <this. laughs> uh, but i do have them on my subscribers say for like every six months or something i think because we have small children everybody gives them toys and then all those toys need batteries It's a a con game, man. I'm telling you. Whole con game. Everybody needs batteries. And then they get you because it only takes three double A's. And it's like the pack has four, but there's Uh three double A's. So then what happened to that fourth double A battery? That just means you need to go buy a Blackstone so you can use that fourth double A battery for the igniter. Ah, yeah. But then what happens with the next toy? Now I just got extra batteries. Good point. Because I'm pretty sure that igniter doesn't take all that much. (laughs) No. (laughs) But I will follow up this summer. Uh, Me and Mike are going to put uh, several of these things, including the Blackstone and two uh, future follow up so that we can come back and talk about them after more experience. Now, the robot, I will not be to tell you about it until probably around July ish, but we will most certainly follow up on it. But I want to tell you what really made me go ahead and purchase it. They drew me in with the all you need is a screwdriver and batteries. I was like, all right, sounds good. So read some more of the description on Amazon and Basically, you kind of put this robot together, takes all screws and stuff, doesn't, didn't seem complicated from their description. And then the programming part of it is getting kids started with programming because you do all of the manipulation of the robot with a remote control, but you can actually write out like little programs. So like, you know, walk forward, 
you know, three steps, then turn left and take two steps and then walk backward one step. Like you program all that into the remote and then hit go. And these are all physical, you know, tactile buttons and everything. So there's no touch screens involved, no, no, no screens of any sort involved in this process. Uh, and they also come with a few accessories. You know, uh, Tia was looking at the YouTube video and she mentioned that she saw somebody, you know, program it with the remote to go pick up a ball, walk a few steps and then place it into a cup or something. So little things like that. Uh, but it's a good way to start getting them in the mindset of like, oh, I told it to do this, but what I wanted it to do is not exactly how I told it to do it, which is what happens with programming, right? Mm-hmm. You, uh, you know, no, that's not what I intended you to do. I didn't mean you intend you to do it that way, but it only does what you tell it to do. Like that is the you know wonderful thing about programming and the terrible thing about programming is the computer is going to do exactly what you told it to do. So teaches you to think, and even if he doesn't want to be a coder, I feel like my son most likely is going to end up being a uh, photographer or some sort uh, or videographer or some sort because he, he he does excellent compositions of pictures with an iPad and he's five. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, dude, I got to get him in some classes because then, then I'll have a photographer and I have my own in-house there photographer. You go. You know, I got to go paint him. Uh, but he wants to build this robot, so we're going to do it. So we will. I will endeavor to get it recorded, or some some portions of it recorded for sure, uh, for future prosperity. And I will talk, you know, talk with everybody about it when we put it together and what the actual experience is like. The other thing I did like about this robot before we move on to the next topic is that they have a series of devices or or or. Um, progressive devices that you can get so this is like a starter device uh, which is perfect because both of us need to learn what we're doing Uh, but they have you know more advanced things that you can move up to as we you know reach the limitations of what this this particular robot can do Uh, so i also like that that you know to be some familiarity there and if he wants to keep moving on with this we can and as we get more and more into it when we get to the levels that are going to be a bit more difficult for me to directly interact with him with because of you know screens or anything like that like he will have learned going up the ladder you know how to use these things so Mm -hmm. that was the other thing that was very intriguing to me as well versus jumping both feet for it but Versus jumping both feet first with a Raspberry Pi where you're building out a robot and having to get the wheels and stuff like that, this will give them an opportunity to learn how things get put together and then expand that knowledge on other devices and maybe eventually build something or maybe he'll build a robotic camera. Hey, man, look, that'll be cool. Yeah. Raspberry Pi camera, man. There you go. He'll he'll be the one managing the security system for your house that's ran off of your Raspberry Pi because you can't <laughs> trust Wise cameras. Oh, shots fired, man! Oh man, I need the soundboard in here. Crap! <laughs> hey, Roga Meeple makes a soundboard too, guys. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to to security. Security, any security show. <laughs> yeah, any security show actually in the past weeks. But Mike is probably thinking of uh, the security bits portion yeah. of uh, no Silla. the Nocilla cast yeah. uh, from this past week, if I'm not mistaken. Well, let's see. By the time you hear this. It, it'll be it'll be the previous Sunday. Cause, yeah, yeah, so it would be the I'll, episode. I'll just link it. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. You can go to youngpay.com slash deal92. But it would be episode, for people listening live, if you really want to go check it out, it would be the, the currently released episode. No, 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 because she did an early release. Yeah, she did an early release, so it's the second episode back. 
I don't know. Whichever most recent episode has security bits in it. Uh, Wise Cam. Uh, yeah. yeah. What a bunch of. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Own your own stuff, man. You can't just trust anybody. Uh, I stopped trusting Wise, not necessarily security wise, but I just stopped trusting Wise, the company, when they went on about a year and a half promise to their customers, existing customers, which I have never been one, but promising, oh, yeah, we're going to get HomeKit support in there. You know, as soon as Apple loosened up the restrictions and made it a software based versus hardware based requirements for the uh, encryption and communication paths, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. And I kept hearing a lot of people saying, oh, they said they're going to do it. And to my knowledge, they still haven't done it. So, yeah. I'll tell you, their app still is shit. Because remember, I oh, yeah, had the You got that scale. Yeah. 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 Their app still is shit. Man, and people are still checking out your, uh, you know, they've been leaking your weight out there to everybody. And you just didn't even know it. Yeah. Although that's you okay. were posting it on Twitter, huh? No, not, no, no, not on Twitter. I was, ah. I, I'm, I'm day oneing it, but. Like I'm logging my weight in day one, so it's in the system that I have. But yeah, no, I'm not tweeting that shit out. If I start losing more weight, then maybe I will. This griddle thing probably ain't going to be losing any weight anytime soon. Oh man, start eating vegetables, more vegetables, more and... vegetables and meat. I could try the yeah. keto diet, and then I'm, I'm, and then Mallory we were at the store. And Mallory's like, "What are we going to get for a starch?" I'm like, "We don't always have to have a starch," and she's yeah. Yeah, although those Brussels sprouts are freaking amazing. Yeah, man. So you cooked the Brussels on the griddle? Yeah. How? So explain this to me. So hold on. We got to, I don't, I mean, this is going to make it in the show or not in the show. Hi, live audience. Appreciate you guys yeah. for hanging out with us. Uh, but we're going back to the griddle for us. <laughs> so tell me how you cook these on the griddle. Because I'm, I'm, you didn't do what I immediately picture in my head, which oh, I just took them out of the bag and just dropped them on the little griddle right there and just let them cook. No, so she chopped them up. She cut them each in half. That way they're all the same consistency. And then the outer skin she pulled off. Uh, and then I believe she she rolled them into some seasoning and then just threw them on the griddle. Oh, so she did do what I was yep. picturing in my mind. You know, yep. Season them and throw them on the griddle. Right, Season them, throw them on the griddle, and then move on with your day. Yeah. And then she she let them cook for a little bit. Then she threw steak on the other side uh, that was a little bit hotter. Uh, and then she pulled them both off about the same time when the baked potatoes were done in the air fryer. Which, by the way, if you didn't know it, you, with the air fryer, you don't have to poke holes in the potatoes. They don't explode. Cool. Yeah. I seasoned oh, man, them with gotta... uh, oil and then garlic and salt on the outside. So I had a garlic salt crust on them and threw them in the air fryer. They were delicious. Man, how amazing is that garlic from Costco? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I told Mallory that you told me I needed to check out the uh, onion powder. And she goes, but it's just like onion. And I'm like, no, nah, Demasi wouldn't tell me to check it out if it was just like powdered onion. Like, No, 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 yeah. no. Oh, no. No, no, no. It's <laughs> nothing like that. Nothing. <laughs> nothing like that so, so tell her to think about how different the garlic is compared to any other garlic powder that you bought ah. now the difference is the onion is, isn't actually powder it's chopped up onions okay uh, but as soon as they get hydrated it's like dried onions because as soon as they get hydrated like they plump up and they taste like you chopped up onions like I made burgers and I should literally throw could've... down a, a layer of that and oil on the griddle. Ooh, 
Maybe yeah. I will go to Costco tomorrow. I don't want to spend the money there, though. Mm, yeah, I'm avoiding Costco. I, I never have made it out of Costco without spending at yeah, least 200 it. bucks, and usually it's more 250 or higher. I have I'm to edit this show tomorrow. Less. That's my excuse for not going to Costco. There you go. <laughs> Whatever. I'm going to get the show up. Get it done by like 10 and go on. Anyways. And then go to Costco anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's what's going to happen. Although Amazon took money out of my account, so I, I don't want to look at it to see if we have. I mean, we probably do, but. Uh, well, at least you had that Amazon credit to buy this <laughs> this uh, this meter. You bought a meter. Well, it's like you've been doing this for a while. Yeah, man. I try. I try. It's because I got all this look. It's because I'm actually live streaming, so I feel more professional. I was playing music for the for the listeners beforehand. Like uh-huh. you know, I had to I had to really get professional about this thing. Did I send you the text message about the show? The title? No. No, not not the title, but like the, the changing the show name. Oh, mm, yeah, maybe. I think he sent me a voice message. Okay, I'll, I'll yeah. send you a text message yeah. in a second. Why don't you tell us about this meter? Uh, okay. Because I think we talked about this briefly on an episode of like some things we that did. we wanted to check out. But uh, yep. So when we were talking about making ribs, we were talking. Ah, yeah, ribs. Oh, yeah, 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 we did. So remind people what it is uh, that maybe missed that episode. I think it was probably like episode 83, 84. Somewhere around there. Uh, uh, Mike <laughs> still is puzzled and baffled how to how I get close, very, very close to the episode. No, no, I, I know your secret. You have a launch bar shortcut that you use. No, I really don't. <laughs> I, I mean, I do, but I don't. That's not what I do. Like, yeah. <laughs> I literally am just guessing. <laughs> So, what's the name of that podcast? I keep wanting to call it BBQ in Tech, and then that reminds me of the uh, Blind Bargains podcast, and I know that's not right. Hey, Blind Bargains. Uh, sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's Barbecue uh, in Tech, isn't it? Barbecue in Tech. Yep. Yeah. So, we've been listening to a podcast that's currently in between seasons called Barbecue in Tech. And this is a great podcast from Chris Ashley and Help Me With the Other Guy's Name. Uh, is it Rod? Rod. D- Rod, Rod. Uh, nope. Rod Simmons. Yeah. See, I, I'm horrible with names. So Chris Ashley and Rod Simmons, and they do a lot of podcasting about technology that they use while smoking meat and barbecuing meat and generally cooking for people and putting on a good uh, experience for their visitors. And I've always had an interest in cooking. Um, I'm I'm definitely not the best cook, but I also have no problem with going out there and using the Traeger to be able to smoke up some meat. But I've always had to rely on Benjamin or Andrew to tell me, hey, what's the temperature of this? And go grab one of them and interrupt them. And, of course, that limits me to being able to do longer cooks to when the boys are home. So if I wanted to throw something on on a Wednesday morning to smoke all day, I can't independently check the temperature of it. So they mentioned this digital thermometer that you can use connected to your phone called a meter, like a a meat for a meter for a thermometer and they comes in multiple different models they have a four probe model which allows you to uh, poke multiple different cuts of meat or into different parts of the meat and be able to get the temperature of those but they also have a single version and mallory and i spent a while looking at this because we had some amazon credit and i wanted to use it well 
okay, so she wanted to use it. And she asked me what I wanted, and I told her that the meter would be kind of cool. And then I didn't realize that she was talking about using that credit, so I kept telling her to wait. But that's a a rabbit hole I don't need to go down. So they have a model that's the $69 one, and that is Bluetooth only. And the gotcha with Bluetooth is you're limited to about 30, 33 feet. So if I was inside recording with Demasi, I wouldn't be able to check the temperature of my meat because I'm not within 30, 35 feet of the uh, probe itself. They also offer a Wi-Fi connected version and you can get one probe for $99 or you can get their three, four probe uh, for $300. So you save $100. But for me, I wanted to not spend $300 because I have a habit of buying things, saying I'm going to use it, and then don't use it as much as I envision myself using it. So, don't just hear Mallory say, uh huh, in the background. <laughs> so, that's, that's uh, why we went ahead and picked up the original meter. And uh, we have the single probe one, and that it will be here on Monday. I'm excited to try it out. It is the Wi Fi version, which means I can connect it to my phone and I can check the uh, level of the meat at any point. In a addition, the other nice thing about it is, is I heard a blind person and I keep forgetting to send Demasi the podcast. So I will link it to the show notes and Demasi can go to the show notes and listen to it himself because I'll forget to send it to him and he probably won't go listen to it anyways. But uh, I heard a podcast where a blind person had tried this this before. I heard a podcast where a blind person had demonstrated the meter, and I'm like, that is cool. All the buttons seem to be labeled. Uh, They all have help text. Everything seems to work just fine. I told Mallory, I said, the one concern I have with this is a concern that I think is a valid one, and that is, is it, it, it may be accessible now, but what's to stop people or, or what's to stop the team from providing a software update and then all of a sudden you can't use your meter anymore with voiceover. But right now there's help text for the buttons. All the buttons are labeled and it's, uh, it, it should be a pretty good experience. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I am excited for you. Uh, this is also on my wish list on Amazon uh, as well. And like you, I was considering, well, I'm going to eventually buy one because I do need a thermometer. Like I, so I, I'm what a lot of people would consider a, uh, a, a cowboy griller because I've never used a thermometer because my entire life of grilling, which goes back about, oh, maybe 15 ish, 15, 16 years or something. It's been a while now that I think about it. Uh, since I first took a grill out and put charcoal in it myself and lit it up and cooked everything myself and almost burnt my eyebrows off. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I've told that story on the show before. Yep. Uh, But I've never used any of the, you know, like thermometers to check the temperature of the meat, et cetera, et cetera, because none of those things were accessible. Right. And, you know, unlike Michael and, you know, not a criticism to Michael or anybody else that has done this, but a lot of times that I was doing my cooking, I didn't have any eyeballs around to look. Uh, right. It's the reason that when I started and was very much getting started because I like, you know, grilled food and, and smoked meats. Uh, you know, when I first started with the little $20 grill from Walmart, little, little, you know, rounded off square grill from Walmart. Uh, I kept a bucket of water next to the grill just in case. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, things went 
things went wrong, hey, we can throw some water on that and hopefully keep from burning down the entire apartment complex. Um, so I have learned the techniques over the years. Uh, and some of this is, is, you know, my passion for cooking and some of it is, I, I think, just just blind person adaptability or human adaptability in general, but blind people adapting the way that we do. Uh, so I've learned ways to know when, when stuff is done. Like I can literally take my thumb and press it on a, on a steak and know if that steak is done or not done. Uh, and I would say 97% of the time I am 100% correct in how done I think it is. Uh, that's a weird thing. 97% of the time, I'm 100% correct. <laughs> I didn't intend that to come out like that. Uh, but the meter intrigued me when I heard about it. Me and Mike have, have spent probably way longer than we will spend on the show talking about it, uh, talking to each other about the meter because I'm like, yeah, man, look, brisket is hard. Like, brisket is hard. One of the reasons I've stayed away from brisket is because the temperature is so very sensitive yeah. uh, with brisket. And if you get that temperature off too much, you're going to ruin it. Uh, the first brisket. Now, I will say this for anybody that is interested in barbecuing or does their own barbecuing or grilling. One good thing about the barbecue and tech show, and this applies across life in general. I keep learning this over and over again because I'm, I'm, I'm old and very set in my ways. And, and so people have to tell me things several times like Mike telling me for two years to check out Ira. Uh, see episode 74 for that one uh, no 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 that's actually a little bit further back than that probably like 63 uh, but Mike told me about Ira for years before I finally tried and I was like oh Mike Ira's super cool he's like yeah I know I told you <laughs> but one thing that I picked up from uh, Barbecue and Tech about brisket specifically is like you're going to mess up the first one you're probably going to mess up the second one and most likely the third one ain't going to come out the way you want it to either which did get me to go buy another brisket because um, yeah the first brisket I cooked it did not come out the way I wanted to I was like I would screw that a piece of meat cost too much money to be screwing mm-hmm. it up uh, way too much money to be screwing it up uh, unfortunately I have to get very very good and precise at cooking cooking my brisket exactly right because uh yeah my daughter uh is enthusiastically in love with brisket uh we go to costco daddy we getting brisket <laughs> me i'm gonna grill what you want me to what you want what you want to eat me i'm gonna go grill brisket no oh, baby it takes too long to cook a brisket but it's gonna take like 12 hours i don't have that kind of time oh, guess how you steak but can you make brisket next time? Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll do brisket. Uh, but the meter is interesting. I also have a beef tenderloin out there. I've been intending on cooking, and I don't want to touch it until I actually have a reliable thermometer for checking the temperature of that. Because, again, it's a, it's, it's a large piece of meat, and it's also a very expensive piece of meat that I don't want to go to waste. Uh, because if I dry something out, like, I really don't want to eat it. And the worst thing to have is something that's dried out. Undercooked, at least you can pop it in the oven for a little bit and make that work. That's another pro tip. If you undercook something by accident, not on purpose, but by accident on the grill, you take it off and by the time it cools down and you cut it and you're like, oh, yeah, that that's that's not quite done. <laughs> uh, stick it in the oven. Uh, <laughs> stick it in the oven for a little while on like 275, 300 okay. uh, and, and get it the rest of the way there. But yeah, the meter is super interesting. I have looked at their app because I was like, because I really wanted to buy one. Like I really, really wanted to buy one. I was like, oh, let me look at the app. Maybe the app will give me an idea if it's going to be accessible at all. I know I don't have anything to connect to it, but let me see what the onboarding experience is like. And I was rather impressed with just what I was able to see there mm-hmm. uh, from the beginning. So I, I'm super excited for you to get this and use it. Uh, 
and and Mike, you know, is is routinely cooking outside nearly as much as I do, probably more than I do in some instances. <laughs> uh, so I will get to hear about it, and he'll tell me how good it works. And the nice thing is, we can always buy more probes. Yes, yes, yes. You can buy more. You can't really sell them if you buy too many. And you're like, I'm only using two out of these four. And that's another reason why I did just pick up one of them is because you can always add on. Yeah, you can always add on. But, you know, if you buy four and then you determine, well, you know, I really don't need it because I probably wouldn't use it for steak. Like, I, I wouldn't use it for a steak right. at all. Uh, but, you know, brisket. Chicken. Uh, just big to check roast, that. A whole chicken. A whole chicken. Yep. yep. Turkey. Then yep. I would use it for that. Uh, but I'm not. You know, I don't have a big, huge monster grill, so I'm not smoking, you know, like four chickens at one time. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, yeah, I could probably get four on there, but man, that'll be some radical temperature differences. Not yeah, if you so have a Blackstone. Oh, well, man, then you'll probably cook your chickens too fast. Yeah. You know, you want to smoke the chicken. You want to smoke the chicken and then drop it on the Blackstone so go. you can get the skin all crispy on the outside when you're done. That's how you do that. All right, cool. So... New stuff to play with. It's always fun. Um, I want to share with everyone a couple of items that you should just pick up uh, and start adding to your home because we all have connected devices that have to be charged. And I started this, I'll say probably sometime during 2020, 2021, those two years still seriously blur together for me and I'm not making a, a, joke at all like I, I find it sometimes very difficult to determine whether something was done in 2020 or 2021 by me so not as sure when i exactly bought my first one of these but the gan charger so that's g-a-n stands for yeah, i don't remember we've talked about them on the show before anyway but just a reminder go check these out there's a lot of interesting models out and the prices are starting to come down for these so i picked up today a three port um uh power delivery fast charging capable whatever you know they got too many specs now but you know it's capable of fast charging 30 watt charger uh pay attention to your wattage when you do buy these because if you're trying to charge like a macbook or something like that you probably want to go for you know 65 or 100 watts depending on the computer uh but 30 30 is generally good i try not to buy anything under 30 watts um, and for the purpose of the ones that I bought today, 30 watts will work fine because there's just going to be charging the iPhone, iPad, uh, things like that. But what I bought is a three port. So two USB-C ports and one A port because, ah. you know, we still got those A devices laying around. Right. So the GAN chargers are very small. Uh, as I mentioned, this one happens to be a 30 watt and I paid 20 bucks for it uh, That's on Amazon. Bad. That, that is a good price, really good price for three ports. Used to be a one port uh -huh. GAN charger would get you, you know, around twenty bucks. So. We just picked up a two port, a USB A and USB C for like seventeen ninety nine. So that that's not bad at all. Yeah, uh, prices are starting to come down on these. Again, the wattage does make a big difference. Like I was still seeing like the hundred watt ones were. I think the cheapest one of those I saw that had three ports was like fifty bucks, fifty ish bucks, which is still cheaper than it was a year ago. Uh, so prices are starting to come down. People aren't price gouging on Amazon, but pick you up some of these. Uh, just look around for, uh, the search I did was G A N, uh, and then the number of ports I was looking for, uh, plug. And that got me this result. I will drop a link to the one that I bought, uh, 
in the show notes. But uh, for anybody looking for, you know, new charges, you need to upgrade your charges. Uh, you know, check out the GAN charges. They're small is the big thing. Yes, the, they are you know, very small. They're super small. Uh, and even if you go look at the 65 watt, 100 watt, like they're significantly smaller, significantly smaller than, you know, anything you're going to buy or that comes with your laptop from Apple. Yeah. Uh, and it's good to, you know, minimize the number of ports because we all have, I mean, look, I, could, I, I need on the side of my bed. And the reason I bought this for me is because I need a, I hate switching cables in and out. So I have a USB-C to lightning cable. I have a USB-C to USB-C to charge my earbuds and sometimes my Pixel. And then I need the A outlet to plug in my watch charger because I will not give Apple a ridiculous amount of money <laughs> for a C-ended watch charger. They do sell, I did see a couple of these, uh, the three-port, uh, and they're all USB-Cs. Those are, seem to be a little rare, or at least where I was looking at were a little rare today. Uh, but... I was specifically looking for two C's and an A, but two go. C's, three C's do it, man, ex, uh, exist. So definitely get one of those. And hey, cables. Cables are usually pretty fairly priced. The Amazon Basics cables on Amazon are actually pretty good. Uh, anchors cables are good. I have had a few anchor cables that have gone bad. So I feel like with cables, they're, they're always kind of sort of a hit and miss. Uh, but also have kids, and for some reason, you know, kids and 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 uh, non techie individuals tend to be rougher on cables than people. Like yep. I tend to try to be super careful. My, it's like, how did you break this freaking cable? You know, I spent seventeen dollars for that one cable. <laughs> what did you do to it? It's like good grief! How did you? Well, I've had the same cable for like two years. What are you doing <laughs> to these things? But anyway, cables, yeah. they're on sale. Get cables are important to have extras because you they'll always go out when you need one. When you really, really need it, that's when they stop working. Yep. Uh, yep. Absolutely. Uh, I like the braided cables. I think they tend to stand up a little bit better uh, over time. Uh, but yeah, get you some cables. Three feet, six feet, ten feet. Uh, they're all out there. And you can get USB-C to whatever. Yeah, I have a ten-foot iPhone cable that I never use all 10 feet of because it's all wound up with a zip tie, but it's there if I need it. Yeah, man. Look, if you need to extend that and make it into a camera or something, your computer's on the other side of the room. Uh Hey, look at there. Yep. Yep. Definitely been there, done that. Uh, That's something that I hope to be talking about in the not too distant future is camera stuff. Yeah, Something coming up. Yeah. Can't wait for that. That'll be exciting. That'll that'll be be an adventure. (laughs) Um, but hey, yeah, I couldn't remember the name of the app. Never mind. Camo. <laughs> yeah, Camo. <laughs> Great app. Great app. Yeah. Amazing app. Uh, I need to test it again with the Pixel because I think they have an update. There you go. Well, Demasi, where can people find show notes and get in contact with us on Twitter? So, everything we have talked about will be linked over at com slash dm ninety. Two, I'm the one who put the freaking number in the first time and I almost <laughs> forgot. You're on pay.com slash DM92. While you're there, if you opt in, you can go to any page on your own pay.com and opt into the newsletter. That means two things. Number one, you get announcements that, you know, maybe we may even forget to talk about in the show because I think that's happened before. But Mike posts announcements for new things that are coming up as well as you get the show a day early. Usually. Uh, 
usually. I'll say this. You get it about as soon as Mike actually publishes it. Uh, and usually that's a day early. So yep. you get it on Monday instead of Tuesday. Um, so, yeah, do that. You can follow us on Twitter. Oh, you should also go over to youronpay.com slash support and just make a one-time contribution. It's not a recurring subscription. We're not going to, you know, member press, member full Patreon no, you. No. Just, just you just want to give us a little bit of cash to help offset the cost of this damn Blackstone that just happened to end up in my front yard. Yeah, there's that too. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, I didn't buy anything. They just read me the charges. I have no idea what you're talking about. I knew exactly what she did. <laughs> I'm not dumb. <laughs> I didn't do anything. What are you saying, Michael? That box was freaking heavy, though. I don't know how much he- how heavy it was, but Damn, that was heavy. <laughs> what else you got it in there? Yeah. <laughs> you can also follow us on Twitter. I am at Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E. He's at Payon, P-A-Y-O-W-N. And the show is at The DM Series. Which for once we actually tweeted from not just a show today yeah we're going live <laughs> so, I, don't, I, I don't know what it said uh, that's actually. pretty much what it was we're, <laughs> we're at we're going live catch us at and then the time so ah, cool base and uh yeah so tweet at us and listen if you really really super needy i promise i'm gonna try to do no i'm not gonna promise uh i will endeavor to do better about social media but um i'm super busy and also sometimes people on social media annoy me but if you really need to get what? my attention people mention- annoy you on social media no <laughs> uh, but if you like anything we said here and you want more information you need to get in touch with me hey mention me in a tweet because it's highly likely that i will have fixed my shortcut by then and then it will be working i'll at least get notified when i'm at mention but also at mention that pay home because mike will call me and say hey this person <laughs> on twitter is trying to talk to you yep that's what'll happen till next time thanks for listening You've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.